0: Welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we go through the One Piece manga front to back. I, as always, am the super rookie, Jacob the Drought. Join by my co-host, the super veteran, Justin the Storm.
1: Hey, yo, yo, what's up, guys? Today, we ascend to Zoe, beginning our climb at chapter 802 and finishing at 824, which is, I mean, I know that. Uh, the metaphor doesn't work perfectly, because that's supposed to be a really long climb, and relatively, this is actually a really short arc, <laughs> but you get the picture.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's close enough. I bet for a lot of people, though, it felt like a long one, because this is a big, fat exposition plot dump, in terms of, like, set up for what's to come immediately.
1: Basically.
0: And set up for the future as well, because there's hardly any, like, real-time action, Then and the stuff that we get is actually great, there's, but it's short.
1: literally no real-time action.
0: Uh, uh, Zunisha shines up for a bit. Zunisha. I mean, okay,
1: yeah, and there's also like briefly them fighting carrot, like when they get up there. But yeah, <laughs> I don't even uh, count yeah, that it's one. Barely anything. <laughs> so you're, you're right, you're right.
0: Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's short and brief. But yeah, like so, this is a huge exposition plot dumb arc. But after the hundred chapters of Dress Rosa, that felt like seventy chapters of just action. I did not mind this slower pace, to be honest. And the way it was presented, too, was very intriguing. Because when the Straw Hats get to uh, Zhao, it's just like the action already happened. The other Straw Hats and the people of the uh, island, or sorry, the back of the elephant, the town of Zhao, they already had their action two weeks ago. And they're kind of like putting together pieces here in the stores of the survivors, basically. I didn't mind this uh, approach to the storytelling, but I could see why it could be, you know, kind of bland or boring for some people. But I guess it's because they were answering the questions I was most curious about. I did not mind this slower tone at all.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't really either. I kind of like the mysterious build-up where you get a bunch of questions and then it kind of, you know, like when you first drive on the island, we're getting questions like what exactly happened here and we don't know. And the answers kind of unfold slowly. I think it's fine.
0: Yeah. Um... I guess you could say another thing, too, is just, like, overall thoughts on the island itself, the town. Uh, because it doesn't focus on the inhabitants that much, I kind of did wish we got a little bit more. Because it did seem like it's another, like, possible jungle slash skype kind of place that you can expand on a bit more. But they are, the inhabitants and the town are really not the focus of the story. It's more about the events that happened because of Kaido, because of Big Mom... And because of the straw hats and then what resulted and what's to become in the future. Because I wouldn't mind a little bit more like a little bit more world building where it's just like, yeah, like you have this interesting concept of there are floods twice a day because this giant elephant is just washing his back with the eruption from the trunk. So that people have to build their homes up in the trees like those giant pineapples kind of thing or in the cliffs on the side. So I thought it was really interesting, but you only get to see that. It's never really expanded upon, but it was a nice little detail. I guess, like, little details that will come later on, but we only got, like, a few pages, was uh, the character Edward Weevil, supposedly an heir to the Whitebeard Pirates. He's supposed to be the son, apparently, according to his mother, Miss Bucken, but... I don't know what to think of this guy, other than the fact that he's wanted for 480 or 90 million berries, so he's a big fucking deal. He's wiped I mean, out. That
1: was, uh that was before his bounty was frozen, because he's a warlord. Yep,
0: yeah, he's the seventh so... warlord. One of the new seventh warlords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's wiped out 16 of Whitebeard's old crew, and the mom's just telling him, Oh, that's just them playing, like, pirate sweetie. Don't worry about it. And you're just like, what is this guy's deal? Especially because... They're going after Luffy now because they think, like, oh, Luffy was there with Marco, uh, Whitebeard's second in command. So the firm Luffy might have an idea where to find Marco. So we got that foreshadowing. And that was like a few pages. But I wanted to mention that because, you know, that's our other warlord that we just got to meet. We also got a little bit of Revolutionary Army details, which I guess we can talk about right here and now, just like the beginning and end of it, where we get like some... A little bit of world building that I thought was kind of fun, where we get introduced to an element called drunken iron ore. Why would you think it's called that? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I I have a theory, that just like just like a thought, where it's like, no matter how you mine it, no matter how much you clean it, it always looks like someone vomited on the iron, like from just drunken stupidity. And it's just like so messy and ugly, but it's like, hey, it's malleable, it's, it's useful, so therefore it's just called drunken iron ore. I don't know. But, um... The main thing, too, was this little side plot that happens in this arc results in, I think, two pretty important things. One is characterization with Dragon. He is a lot like Luffy, and Luffy, to him, like, we have that mirroring moment in the beginning and the end, where Dragon doesn't seem to care that much about Luffy and much more about Robin, because Robin was with the army for two years. And then Luffy thinks the same way about Dragon, where he's like, yeah, he's my dad, but who cares? How Sabo? Where after they get the news that the HQ was raided, which was the second part I wanted to bring up, that Burgess, of the Blackbeard Pirates, found the HQ, and they apparently destroyed the entire HQ. Yeah, that's so, like... Big oof,
1: deal. <laughs> big implications.
0: Mm-hmm. And so but, many
1: questions, also.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The fact that they were strong enough to actually wipe out the base, but at the same time, the Revolutionary Army was uh, evasive enough, or powerful enough, to not get their names plastered on the newspaper as well, going you know, like, Dragon Found KIA. It's like, no, none of that. Because that was the implication that they were making, like, oh, we, the base was destroyed, but we have no names, therefore the RA probably actually got out. Also implying that some of the leaders of the Revolutionary Army are kind of intimidating, because when Koala was, like, asking about it, because Dragon said, we need to get the leaders up together, and we need to discuss our next plan of and modem. And, you're, and she seems, like, kind of like, ugh, she calls them intense, we're just like, I don't really like those guys, and it's like, you're part of the group. <laughs> I guess you, it's just what that implies, right? Just, like, what could that yeah, mean? Yeah, it, it's
1: either that or I don't know if, like, maybe they're going to get, like, rowdy. Or, you know, She's just, like, I, it's a weird impression that I got as well. She's kind of a little bit anxious for some reason.
0: Yeah, a little kind of
1: hmm
0: It's another, it just adds on to that thought that we had last episode or two episodes ago we're talking about the revolutionary Army, where it's like, we still don't know, like, one-to-one what their overall ideology is. Just that their goal is to usurp the world government. And because their main three characters, Dragon, Sabo, and Koala are likable, we're kind of rooting for them. But we also don't know, like, are they good guys or just the enemy of my enemy kind of thing? We still don't know at this point. Um, but that's basically about the Revolutionary Army. Um, I just thought that that particular mirroring between Luffy and Dragon to each other and the lack of care was actually kind of spot on. Because they do mention they don't look each other, they don't look alike, but they sort sure seem to act alike in some way. At least in that moment they did.
1: They don't uh, really care about blood ties is what it is. Exactly. It's, it's all about, about the actual, actual relationships and people that you care about.
0: Exactly. Luffy to Sabo and then Dragon to Robin. And that was the example there. Um, so the Straw Hats get to the island. Uh, sorry, they climb up the leg. They get separated from Kinemon. Uh, and what's the guy that draws...
1: Conjuro. Honestly, and I will say that part was kind of funny, how they fell off the the dragon, (laughs) because they're like playing a stupid game in the back, like, guess
0: who? And then the fucking monkey just comes out of nowhere, just smacks them and separates them, (laughs) and they're just like, go on without us, we're fine. (laughs) Um, oh, there's a little moment, too, where there's always like the ongoing joke where Robin is usually stoic, right? She's She's usually the one that doesn't react when people are freaking out or liking something. But this was the one case where, like, their mount, their drawn dragon, she that. actually found it very cute, adorable. And then when it was going away, she actually got really sad. And then when Zoro and Law were just like, all right, just whatever, need to move on. She's like, you guys are so cruel and heartless. Well, she's, like, getting flowers, putting it to <laughs> the I said, the when everyone's
1: leaving, I love how she's, like, still living back, leaving <laughs> some flowers
0: for him, for yeah, our, just, our boy bet, Ryunosuke. That's just the just, chat. Like, that's usually not... Yeah, exactly. F's in the chat. <laughs> like, that's not even... like She's not even that type of character, but apparently she has a soft spot for dragons or for art. I guess that's either or implication. Um, we also get the... Like we already mentioned, the climax already happened, right? The Straw Hats, the present Straw Hats, they walk through the front gate. They find these busted gates. They find buildings uprooted, trees broken in half. Uh, they have a slight confrontation with the locals that we learn are called the Minks. Basically, they're just anthropomorphics, right? They're just like everyday animals you'd see, like in children's books. And, cats, and we've seen dogs. a few
1: in the past already. So
0: that is true, too. Including one that uh, is actually very affiliated closely with Law, uh, Beepo, the polar bear. I, I think uh, he was
1: the first one, actually, right?
0: Possibly. If not, then just anytime you saw like a. I guess, like if you don't count side characters, right? Because you could probably be like, well, actually, in Drum Island in the background, you saw that one right. animal walking around. Um, I actually did want to mention. I posted this on Twitter. Actually, uh, Justin, you actually asked me to look up a bit more details about, like, because you you're going into details about uh, Barto back in the last episode. How about you never went into Trafalgar? And out of just like a 100 I'm just like, you know what? I'll actually do it because I didn't think there would be. Turns out there kind of is. And It was just so funny because yeah, I did not expect it at all. Um, apparently, this work of art I didn't know existed. Um, the urban legend that. The British admiral, who uh, you know, was the one foreseeing the the victory of the British fleet over the Spanish, and I think the French at the Battle of Trafalgar, and apparently it's an urban legend that at the age of fourteen he fought a polar bear <laughs> with the butt end of his rifle, and someone uh by the name of Richard Westall drew this amazing art piece. <laughs> Of just this kid with the rifle just swinging at this polar bear. <laughs> and I'm just yeah, like. So,
1: so basically what definitely happened is Oda Googled it. He was Googling like, you know, Mariner terms, like naval battles. And he just got so saw, he saw the picture, saw a polar bear. You're like, and just this like can have a polar bear. Yep. In crew. Se-
0: second command, <laughs> right there. Second command. This is how they meet. <laughs> so the so like that's the head backstory is that's how Beepo and Law met. Like if you we actually, I
1: will say we have gotten that canon backstory already. Ah, uh, it, it was in SBS, so it's not oh, technically. Okay. I, if you consider that canon, take what you will. But yeah, uh, he told us how they met.
0: You know what? At some point, at some point in their lives, that happened. I'm just gonna think that instead. But either way, it's an amazing work of art. It's in the National Maritime Museum. Uh, if you guys want to look up the actual art piece, it's just called Nelson and the Bear. It's actually quite hilarious. Um, so yeah, so we meet a couple of other minks as well. We reunite with Beepo and uh, uh, Lost Crew. The Heart Pirates are here. We also get to meet uh, a couple of nameable minks. But honestly, the ones I only wrote down are Carrot and Wanda for now. Yeah, easily
1: the most notable.
0: Yeah, um... I'm actually surprised because the way that this arc uh the arc was going, I thought Wanda would play a, a kind of a bigger role in the next arc, but instead it'll be Carrot. Because seems that way, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seems like way for now, yeah. Um It's also kind of at this point <laughs> that I felt like at least for a few chapters, Oda was in a mood when he was writing these arcs because like one after the other, we have all like these sexual innuendos going on, and you're just like, What is going yeah, on? Yeah,
1: totally. <laughs> like you've got the chopper for the first time ever being attracted to someone right like the, love the reindeer struck mink. yes then love then struck by a reindeer the wanda and the other dog minks getting like basically she seems like a little you know getting a little turned on she's a little red in the face they straight Brooke up they straight up say the line
0: they say the line loving a good bone and i'm just like <laughs> come on <laughs> translators had fun with that one um Definitely. there's also there's also, I think it happens twice Uh, Carrot is constantly nibbling On Luffy's ear, I guess because she just likes the feel Of the rubber on her teeth or something But it's just like, the way she looks Is not like, she's trying to aggressively bite it But more like, mmm, kind of tasty kind of thing Um, and then you have Uh, later on You have a line where Um, we'll talk about this more in detail later on But this line is just like, so we also rode On Whitebeard's Moby Dick for a time And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he wrote on his Moby Dick, alright. And then, of course, I think like the obvious thing is just it's been a long time since we saw Best Girl and what a great return it is to see Best Girl again, Nami. Where she's just wearing like, an even like more risque version of like the mature dress Tifa wears in Final Fantasy 7. I'm just like, I got no complaints. I got no complaints for that. So... Yeah, Oda's in quite a mood and I have no complaints at all. So after, Definitely. yeah, so after the, so Straw Hats are reuniting, right? They go into the town of, uh, of Zhao. They reunite with this other Straw Hats. They get this big, like, reveal. Oh shit, something happened to Sanji. He's not here. And they, they kind of like, they kind of like, uh, pussyfoot fucking, around this issue
1: fucking yeah dance around the issue for like the first 15 chapters that pissed yeah, me off i'm not yeah gonna a lie. little
0: bit yeah the, the build-up where it's like like nami like you know she's crying she's hugging luffy going it's sanji it's sanji And you're like oh next chapter we're gonna hear what the fuck happened and then, but instead no,
1: no she yeah other shit to say that's apparently yeah, more important. Chrono-
0: yeah instead now we're gonna chronologically tell you what happened so two weeks ago Zao was under attack by this vicious pirate named Jack the Drought, which is an amazing fucking name, by the way. It's a, it's a
1: pretty good name. Yeah, it's an amazing
0: you. name. <laughs> um, who has a crazy? Uh, you said ancient, uh, ancient. What was it called? Ancient Zao? zone. Yeah, zone power. Yeah, it, it, a mammoth this time. So he has the strength. Only, right only there. the
1: second one we've seen. I believe the first one being uh, you know, the dinosaur one from Shaboni,
0: the X Drake. Yeah, the the super rookie. And so basically, the long story short of that backstory of, like, what happened before the other half of the Straw Hats got here, or sorry, the first half of the Straw Hats, is these pirates show up. They have reason to believe that there's a ninja named Raizo who Kinemon is looking for, right? This is the last member from his country, Wano, that he's looking for. Uh, Jack the Drought and Kaido, they're also looking for Rizo for some reason. Uh, the locals are... They're actually putting up a very big fight. They actually hold back against Jack and the pirates for days and days. But unfortunately, Jack plays dirty. He uses one of uh, Clown's bioweapons. It gets a huge advantage. And then he fucking crucifies them. He puts them on, like, X-crosses, like old medieval style. Yeah, uh, Nekomamushi and Inuarashi. <laughs> specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, yeah, the the dukes, right? It's like the dukes of... Uh, I forget the actual name. I just always refer to it as Zao the duo duke, <laughs> uh, the duo dukedom, uh, Inu and Nico. One loses a leg. I think, Inu loses his leg and Nico loses an arm and they keep going. No, we don't know what you're talking about. We don't know a, a ninja named Rizo. What the hell are you talking about? And they lose their limbs for it. Then come in the first half of the straw hats. Uh, we kind of got a little glimpse of that in the last arc, right? Where they were running through the jungle. They're fighting off some of, uh, Jack's henchmen. Um, But basically, uh, long story short, they get Clown to clean up the gas and Chopper treats up the people who are wounded. I forget if Kaido's pirates left before they got there or like they left for another reason or they were actually offended off. I actually don't remember. Uh,
1: They left like one day later. Or, right, because they got word that uh Dofigo right. had been defeated and was getting transported. Right, exactly. That's actually So they when went we to go try and save, to save Dofie, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then they, for some reason, uh, I guess the media was also, again, playing a, a trick where they said that, oh, Jack was totally found dead. And, spoilers, no he wasn't. But, yeah, Straw Hats do their thing. Uh, They become heroes to the people. Big Mom catches up after the Straw Hats gave him the slip the first time. But they caught up thanks to uh PCOMs. Who they remember that. Mm, um, freaking Peckhams. Pe- oh, Peckhams? Sorry. Uh, Peckhams. Right.
1: Yeah, I forgot we'd also seen him. So that's that's two minks we've seen.
0: Yeah, because at some point, I think it was during Dress Rosa when they overheard that, oh, they're head towards. Uh, they heading towards Zhao. And then Peckhams is like, oh, I actually know where that is. That's my hometown. And so they, on a hunch, they go there. They find the Thousand Sunny. Uh, And only Peckhams and Capone, the super rookie, he's joined up under Big Mom's name now. And they actually go. To try and, you know, get clown, they try and, you know, resolve the issues and to get the straw hats. But Peckham's is very grateful, right? He's like, oh, you actually saved my town, you saved my uh city. Uh I'm completely fine with just getting clown and then sparing you guys and just saying, like, you know, you guys got away. Capone doesn't work like that though. Just ruthlessly, point blank shoots him in the back and just go, you know, he's a gangster. Like, I, I don't work like that. And I'm gonna do and I'm gonna do my job, right? So he uses his quirk. His quirk. I keep saying that, too. <laughs> he uses his power. He uses his power. Um, the castle castle fruit, right? Where he has his crew still inside of him. They apprehend the Straw Hats. Everybody. And then they're in like this like fancy dining room within his body where he has complete control of everything. And then we get, finally, after a couple of chapters, the the floodgates of what's most likely... The primary focus of the next arc is that Sanji is kind of a big deal, or at least his family is. He's from the Vinsmoke family, which I'm assuming is Royal Blood. Not Celestial Dragon, but a big time enough name that it has sway in the world government, right? So that he's only alive, wanted on those posters.
1: Yeah, basically all we learn about the Vinsmokes here is we hear that they have like an army, right? Called. Didn't it, did they give us the name of the army?
0: Yes. Uh the the Germa Six Six Army. They're also right, known Girma as Double Six. They're also known as the Warmongers. And we also get told by Peckhams later is that no, this is a family known to be the, some of the most vicious killers in the world. So it's like, oh, he's got a dark history, okay. But the fact that when he got this news that he's forced to marry, uh, the thirty fifth daughter. Of Big Mom. Or at least of the family. It's not clear if it's from Big Mom herself or it's like within the Big Mom family. Right. right? Like Charlotte if it's family. like
1: is it Big Mom's sister or right? We don't we don't know.
0: We don't know. Either way, they're making a lot of daughters, and that's probably how Big Mom. Thirty
1: five kids? Holy
0: crap. Thirty-five daughters. That doesn't even count. Right. On the sons. That's <laughs> thirty-five <laughs>
1: daughters. That's true.
0: And immediately Jesus. And immediately that hit me, too, where I'm just like, oh, this is probably how Big Mom solidifies her power. She marries off her sons and daughters to secure, like, these alliances, like medieval style, and go, you work for me now because I'm strong. I don't work for you. But because of this marriage, you know what? You're getting a daughter out of it, too. So it's like old school alliance uh, aggression packs kind of thing, or non-aggression packs. So, and this is just politics at work, but Sanji is now the one at Victim. And it's a very interesting reaction because obviously at first he's incredibly shocked as well as the other Straw Hats. But the first thing he says is, why now? <laughs> so I like to think that at some point he actually did run away. Maybe there was like some like horrible like bird's nest test where they're like, oh, survive and then come back. But he just never came back, right? Just left on that ship that led to the Zeph uh, flashback at Barate, And then he probably didn't expect why now, or he probably didn't expect it again because it's just like. I thought you guys just abandoned me because you guys had plenty of opportunities to try and find me or catch up on it. But I guess now you find out because I'm becoming a big name in the in the grand line. Or yeah, there's, you know. there's
1: a lot of possibilities. You know, they could have uh, he
0: could have been presumed dead. That too, right? They just didn't think that he would survive. And, and, and until they saw the
1: like the actual picture, then they're like, okay, no, that's definitely you know him. Like that's yeah. definitely the dude. <laughs>
0: And plus that they mentioned also that Sanji is the third son. So like maybe they also have a big family, not as big as the Charlotte family, but enough to be like, well, that's just one son. He was the bad child. Which it's fine. He did, didn't survive. Which,
1: let me say, let me bring that something up that this was also a theory, mm-hmm. not like the whole, like that he ran away, right? but there was a theory that he had brothers Yeah, because his name is basically three o'clock Sanji. Ah. Okay. So people therefore assumed that there was like possibly a, a Niji and an Ishiji, like two older siblings, right? Two older brothers.
0: And that fits because it's confirmed here that he is the third son. And he's, yeah, so. exactly.
1: Actually confirmed so, right
0: here. Yep, yeah, so that's the confirm- confirmation that, at least that part, right? For, for all we know, the brothers aren't named that, but if they are, then there you go. Theory is one to one.
1: i know i know why would they not be named that That that's what i'm
0: saying maybe it's just one of those things where like listen i go on some crazy theories on my own that's not a crazy theory but sometimes the artist just goes sure i actually didn't plan on that but sure (laughs) (laughs) there is a chance um there's also the possibility that sanji uh has a very similar backstory to sabo where he was just he was not in favor of having like this duty-to-the-family type of mentality. He wanted freedom, right? Freedom to find the all-blue, freedom to live life how he wanted to. But, again, there's just all these possibilities. And the curious thing I have, too, obviously, and this is when Vito comes in. By the way, that's a great little undertone. Is Capone's, all his officers, are named after other world criminals. Um, Vito being the heroin trade dealer in the 60s, by the way, in American history. So... As Vito comes in, also a great name, Phantom Gun, um, he whispers something to Sanji, like a secret. Sanji freaks the fuck out and goes, how did you find that out? I'm very curious what that secret is. Because it's not just the fact that he's, you know, one of the children of the Vinsmoke family. But apparently there's a direct secret that immediately changes Sanji's tone from, I will never go with you, to, okay, let's negotiate something. Right? This is when he goes, okay, wait, shit. I'll go with you, just spare the straw hats. And obviously, Capone reminding him that, no, you're in my world. Anything I do, uh, I can do it at a, at a thought. And then you get that little avatar Last airbender moment where, like, Nami is, like, sinking into the ground, kind of like the beginning of season two, with the Earth the Earth yeah. General doing that to Aang. And then, you know, Sanji going, okay, wait, wait, no, I'll, okay, I'll stop. I'll, I'll go with you. Um. Oh, real quick, uh, what's the name of the Capone pirates? Is it, like, uh, Fire Tank? Yeah. I don't like that name. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> I get it, because he's like a walking arsenal, like the castle, I get it. But, yeah. come on, it's Capone. Call it the Scarface Pirates, or get the fuck out. <laughs> come on! Yeah. Or, or you know what, if that's trademarked because of the movie, you know what, fine. The Five Points Pirates, that's the name of the gang. Capone I'm pretty
1: sure there. they could. he could have still done that in Japan, because trademark doesn't really work like that.
0: Actually, that's true. I know in My Hero Academia, copyright, they,
1: like copyright wild don't work the same way, like you know, like in Japan. yeah,
0: and because in My Hero Academia, they straight up have like Star Wars references left and right, or even um that play where they were just like Lord of the Twin Towers or some shit that had that uh, class two B play or one uh, yeah, B yeah. play. Um, so there's this uh standoff right where they try to have this moment, the Nami Brook Chopper, they're just trying to get their heads around going. Right, we had all these little cues in the past. Like I didn't pick up on these either. I just thought that I was just like, yeah, because it's a big world. Why would people just grow up in one place only? Where he mentioned that, yeah, I was born in the North Blue, but I grew up in the East Blue. Right, he did po- mention that. Yeah, and then pointing out that, yeah, you have to cross the red line. I guess it didn't. I guess I didn't. That didn't hit me because I knew that would be the possibility, but I didn't think it would be a a treacherous journey or a long journey because I always figured the red line wasn't that wide of a continent just because i'm looking at the map right i'm not i'm i'm I'm. kind of thinking like earth comparisons where i'm just like oh that's like you know the width of like maybe mexico or something like not that wide in terms of like it's not like russia right where it's like all this land you have to trek but um yeah i guess yeah it just never hit me until then but regardless it's not that sanji was keeping like this dark secret that um what am i trying to say i think what i'm trying to get to is I'm not saying like Sanji is like super guilty right it, I don't think that's where the story is going to go it's not going to be like oh I'm actually like a celestial dragon and this is my destiny it's like no it's straight up like he thought he got away from this like he was trying to run away from this probably this bullshit evil family and he didn't expect them to actually come back because it's been long enough right because right. Cause he's riddled with guilt in this in these scenes he actually also manages to get the straw hats to escape right And he even does something I did notice the second time through, where he uses his hands, and he's holding a gun at clown point blank, right? goes, don't you do anything to the straw hats, or I'm going to pop this guy's head off. And it reminds him, remember, I'm wanted only alive. So you better make sure you don't do anything, or I'm going to bust this guy's head off. You're going to piss off Big Mom. You're probably going to have to get rough with me, and therefore you're going to fail your job. And I know you, Capone, you shot Peckham's back there because you like to do your job. (laughs) So I'm like, all right, that's a cool badass moment for Sanji. But then you get that tragic ending where he go, where he leaves that note saying, "I will be back." Oh no, he tells Nami, "I will be back." So tell him that, and he leaves that note going, "I met a girl. I'll be back later." And then they go, "He's probably not going to be back though." So, very, very interesting. absolutely, incredibly interesting. So this will definitely be the main focus of the next arc, and yeah, I am incredibly excited. Because there are two other times, Justin, you may not know this. I I think you might not know this, but you're a veteran, so you enlighten me. There are two other times that we had arcs in which we had to go back or go somewhere to rescue a straw hat. Do you know those two arcs?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I believe those are along Park and Annie's Lobby.
0: And two of possibly my favorite arcs in the series. So, and because I just love that fucking story with telling style where you go in-depth with a straw hat even far farther, you get really dramatic, you get incredibly emotional. But the difference here is, instead of for a character that you're not quite sure if they're 100% a straw hat or not, this is an OG official straw hat, and we're rescuing this guy, and it turns out he has a, a darker past that he's been trying to avoid. And when Luffy decides, you know, like, I'm not going to serve under Big Mom, and if he gets married... He'll be officially out of the straw hats. We're gonna get his ass back, right? So there's potential here just from that consistent formula alone. This could be the next Eni's Lobby slash Arlong Park, and Sanji's is the main character of focus. So, incredibly excited about that. Absolutely.
1: Very possibly. So and for the definitely ro- parallels there.
0: Absolutely. Um. So for the road ahead, we have. Not the next arc, but the next arc, possibly after the next one. I don't know where it's going to go. But I'm guessing when they eventually get to Wano, right? So we have this setup going on where, by the way, the Zao, the Minx of Zao did, in fact, hide a ninja named Rizo. Turns out the samurai, or at least the samurai of the Kozuki clan, which is what we find out is the family name of Momonosuke, Momonosuke, yeah. Yeah. And the Zao is they have a old ancient alliance and they're old time friends. Like, they're like the best of friends. So that's why it doesn't even even with Jack crucifying these characters, they don't let up like, oh, we're not going to tell you Jack shit. Because we yeah. have we have a friendship deeper. Were you
1: surprised that the, that the Raizo is safe moment?
0: I actually kind of was because it definitely did seem like, yeah, Jack was, was just you. being a Jack obviously, was just be- you know, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jack was just being a bitch and it was just like torturing people for no reason and it turns out oh, he was doing it for a reason. It's just that we're better than that. <laughs> um and so we get that yeah, we got that big reveal of the alliance that was been going on. And we also get another reveal that isn't a huge surprise because we got this we got this clue at some point, I think at the end of Punk Hazard, which was Momonosuke being the heir to the Kozuki clan. Um, he mentioned at one point when he was arguing with Luffy that he was going to be the, the the king of the Shogun, or like the, the Daimo of the Shogun. And I think I made a Naruto joke back in our episode. Um, of like, I'll be the next Hokage. But here, they made it very clear, right, that he is the heir. Uh, Kinemon is not actually his dad. He's a bodyguard. Um, which also didn't surprise me, but it didn't occur to me. Because, yeah, I just thought that, oh, maybe it's just because that's just the culture. they just They're not supposed to show that much affection. But that was their cover. It's like, well, in actuality, that's just not how a guardian would act. Because an actual father, when he finds a son, would be, oh, my God, I found you. I thought I lost you. But instead, you know, it's just the guardian. Where it's like, oh, my God, my Lord, you're safe. And you actually mentioned in our pre-recording that there are a couple of slips, too, where it's like, oh, Ki- no, dad, right? Where he's like, "Right." the first time
1: yeah, Momonosuke sees Kinamani, almost calls him by name. But then he's like, dad, instead. And people pick yeah. up on that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I personally don't know any children who call their parents by their first name at that young of an age. Um, Also, we get a name drop to, very interestingly, his father's name being Odin, which I'm thinking, like, isn't that the Norse god in the North mythology? But why is it in, like, medieval Japan Wano? (laughs) It's not Uh, spelled identical. It sounds
1: similar, but it's,
0: no. It's not? No, Odin
1: is like a a food
0: Oh, you emphasize it like that, you say Odin
1: Odin, yeah Uh,
0: Okay, because I was reading it, I thought Odin And I was thinking, is this family Like half Japanese, half Viking? Because that's fucking sick (laughs) <laughs> does sound sick, though. If you're going to a if you're going to mix any two aesthetics, have the the traditional Japanese uh samurai armor, but you have like the fur coats and the horn helmets with like the axes and the shields. I'm like, "You know what? That can work. That can work." I can it up as a backup weapon then you have the katana hidden in the back. Um well, so, so that's a lot. the Norse
1: stuff for Elbaf. Aight I
0: <laughs> Um I was also thinking um I was also thinking Viking because they mentioned. Oh, sorry. We also see their emblem. Right. At some point. I don't want to get to that scene just yet. Um, they mentioned we see their symbol and I just, for some reason, thought that was like Norse, but I was double checking my like, like family clans and tags of like certain, uh, cultures. No, it's Japanese. I was wrong on that. But either way, my first instinct was, oh, that looks like a a Viking or a Norse, uh, clan tag, but it wasn't, um, I will say, though, there's this little scene I want to point out as actually being very funny. I don't know how they did this in the anime, but it seemed like a rapid-fire response is when they find out Momonosuke was the heir, officially. You have Brook almost being, like, the old man racist, going like, but Kinemon and him look so much alike. I was fooled. <laughs> I'm just like, you can't just do that, Brook. <laughs> it calls him, like, an imp pervert. Um, you have Luffy, like, just having, just completely not liking that fact, because I guess he's just in his blood anti-authority. So when he finds out like, oh, you're an heir to this like, like, this clan or whatever, and he starts, like, pulling on his cheeks and making fun of him, going, like, this little shrimp right here, this motherfucker. Yeah, like, like that explains why I'm just a pampered little bitch. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you have Momonosuke doing the imp-pervert thing of, like, going to Nami and rubbing his head in her boobs, going, like, oh, the big bully is hurting me again. And straight up, I sent you the picture, too, straight up, like, groping her, too. Because he's doing that imp going, oh, he hates it when I do this. But then, Nami outgreeds the kid and goes, oh, so your dad is a lord, huh? And that means treasure and, like, motorboats a little bit. Everyone's like, Nami, stop! <laughs> you're big too much, you're going too much. I just love that little sequence of events. They just find out, like, oh, he's an heir. Everyone takes advantage, <laughs> kind of thing. All right, but you know what? Honestly, I think that's... that. I think that all that stuff we talked about, except for the Sanji stuff, is baby shit. Let's get to the real shit, uh, what I love, The loved, big boy shit? The big boy shit. Because beneath that family clan tag, and ben- where they found Rizo the ninja, he seems like a pretty funny dude, we find a red poneglyph, or as they call, the road poneglyphs. The four pieces of five. Holy shit. So! We find yeah, this out. Big. this is big. This is big. This is big. big, big, this big. Is big. Even, so even if you hate The previous 15 chapters, the setup for Sanji being weak, the Sanji arc being weak, or whatever. I don't agree, but I can probably see it. But you have to agree, this part's the sick part. This world-building part, because we get a formation that this might possibly lead them to the One Piece. I think no. I'm starting to think now, the One Piece is not on Raftel. I don't think it is. The way that they imply certain things, right? So either way, the four pieces of five, I call this because you need to find four Poneglyphs. They they give you coordinates to four different islands, right? So the Poneglyphs aren't on those islands. They lead you to four different islands. If you find all four, in the, between all four is Raftel. And we get confirmation that, even from Luffy, like that may or may not be where the One Piece is. We actually get the name drop One Piece by Luffy for the first time in, what, hundreds of chapters? Because I know Whitebeard said the One Piece. We know Usopp said the word, the phrase, the One Piece back at uh, Shibodee. Shibode. But I don't think Luffy actually said the One Piece in a while. <laughs> so I was just like, oh shit, it actually really stood out. Um, and I also had the theory, too, of like what they could do, storytelling-wise. Isn't it possible, because we know that it leads to the Four Islands, right? And for all we know, the Four Islands aren't even in the Grand Line. You just have, you just need the Four Points, and in the middle leads to Raftel. Is it possible you only need two out of the four and have theoretical graphs to show you like okay? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's hard to describe this audio. Yeah, audio but case. I
1: I feel like I've heard that's impossible, right? To determine the point, even if it was only three points, like you can't determine like anywhere that it could be without all three of them. Or, yeah. I don't so that know was, if that's true so, or not? But
0: yeah. So that was my question because it, it's left a bit ambiguous for people like me to be like you know playing like a kid playing with like imaginary treasure maps where I'm like. Okay, so theoretically, if the point in between these four coordinates was precise, right? Like, if they're equally distanced, right? If it's perfect, then you can theoretically only need two, where you can form imaginary, like, four, like, imaginary diamonds or squares in your head, because you have one line right out of the four. And you can go, okay, so theoretically... It could be, like,
1: where you have to draw a line between all of the islands or something, right? And where it intersects. It could be any kind of weird thing.
0: Yeah, and if the pers- and if the distance is precise, you can go, well, look for the, the spot that is near the end of the Grand Line and in the Grand Line, right? Because if you were to do that hi- example that I'm saying, you would find, like, other spots that are, like, nowhere near the Grand Line, right? But, again, we don't know the precise details because they just say coordinates, but we never hear, like, Robin say word for word what it says, just that they are coordinates, right? And then we have the dukes explaining to us, like, yeah, you need all four. And by the way, this is one of four, right here. Where are the other three? One is unknown, the other two, one's in possession of Big Mom, and one's in possession of Kaido. (laughs) So you're going, uh... And that's why
1: no one's become (laughs) the Pirate King yet.
0: (laughs) Precisely. Precisely. So, before this point, the other two were mysteries, right? They've Coincidentally found the one at Zao. To the larger world, sorry. To the larger world, it's a mystery. And to us, that fourth one is still a mystery. Right. So, but the next arc, they can also find that second. That's why I brought up that thought where it's like maybe someone like Nami would try it, right? If it's not precise, like they're not going to risk it, obviously. They're not going to be like, oh, here's the theoretical point. It could be here. Let's just go there now. Like, obviously not going to try it. But it could be like, uh, like a thought that someone brings up and then we get like further explanation to why it wouldn't work. Maybe that's when Robin like, like talks it out of like, no, precisely in the coordinates. That's what i talking about. But I still love this idea so much. And that's why Raftel is hidden because they mentioned that Zunisha, this walking kaiju of a mammoth, of an, sorry, of an, of an elephant. You can't find it with a log post because it's not an island. It's a living creature. It's an animal. So there's a possibility that Raftel might have similar quotas, and that's why you can't find it via log post. Then you have Nami bringing up that question to uh, Inu, where she goes, I was told by, I forget his name, the doctor, at, is it like, comes with a C, I think, at the beginning of uh, Reverse Mountain? Crocus. Crocus. She recalls that Crocus told us that no matter what, of least multiple paths, the last spot that the lockposts will lead us to is supposedly a raftel, so why not we just go there then instead of like finding these red poneglyphs, right? And Inu tells her that, well, if that's true or not, regardless, when you he, get,
1: is that what he says?
0: He, he, he does, uh, no, he does say he says something about. Yeah.
1: being at like the end of the Grand Line, yeah. Because
0: right? Na- Nami is bringing this up to Inu, right? Because this is when Inu is doing the whole you know exposition dump about like the four red Poneglyphs, right? And this yeah. is when Nami brings up later, going, "I was told by Crocus that you know, because this is after we find out too that Oden was actually also a member of Goldie Rogers' crew as well. Um, I'll get more. We'll get more uh, into him also later. Also,
1: pretty it, intriguing."
0: Also very intriguing. And then, yeah, she brings up the fact that, well, he just told us to go to the end of the grand line because the last position of the log poses will be supposedly Raftel. Inu then clarifies and goes, he told you that because he must have trusted you, right? And thought you were very clever and wise, you know, to to trust you with the information. However, and he tells her what he knows, which is it's not precisely where the one piece is. But it will lead you on a path to new adventures, like what Goldie Roger did after his crew left Raftel. And that pertains to the secret of the void of the history. So immediately I'm going, okay, so One Piece is probably not at Raftel. But, because, and this, oh my god, so there's so, I want to talk about this so much, I'm probably talking about it <laughs> finally. <laughs> so. My big theory, in terms of, like, the grander scheme of, like, the structure of, like, the chapters of One Piece, in terms of, like, the sagas, we had the first saga, right? Which was chapter one to uh, post-Marine Ford, right? That first right. age gap. The second arc, that the saga we're in right now, I think is still going. Where it starts at uh, post-Shibodi, or, um, what's it, what was it called? Sorry, Return to Shibodi. Po- Return to Shibodi. To wherever. And I think Raftel is actually going to be the end of the second saga. Because what he says here is when whatever you find at that mysterious island that no one's ever able to... eh, Sorry, I'm too excited. Sorry. When you find (laughs) that island that only Goldie, Roger, and his crew found, you will then go and find yourself a new set of adventures to fill in that void of history and i think that's worthy of a whole third saga because i recall even way before i started reading one piece and even to today i'm hearing from fans going yeah one piece is not nearly over it's like at closest halfway done right so for all i know whatever's going on right now in one piece and then eventually when they get to raftel which may or may not be soon i have no idea i feel like when they get to raftel that's not the end and we're going to have a whole third saga after that because of these words that Inu is telling the Straw Hand. That would be insane, but it kind of fits from what I hear from the fans because even what's going on right now, again, I don't know what's going on right now in the present time, but apparently insane shit's going on and I'm pretty sure they're not at Raftel right now. So I don't think this series is going to end at Raftel. Otherwise you would hear from fans going, oh, what's going on right now is cool, but boy, do I feel the end is really clear or really close I haven't heard any of that from any One Piece fans I just hear no it's getting really good but it's not going to end anytime soon so if Oda had this plan and set I think Raftel is going to be the end of the second saga and then the the last stretch the last 600-700 chapters however he plans out will be post Raftel I don't know if there will be another time skip after that but we'll see but yeah Oh, so many thoughts. I'm glad I finally oh talked my, about that. That would, that would be so long. I know, but that's, what, that's my point, because One Piece is currently at, what, a 1, thousand, a hundred chapters right now?
1: Uh, no, it's probably a thousand, like, thirties.
0: A thousand, thirty? And, yeah, again, and fans going, I feel that we're at best halfway, so I'm thinking, like, two thousand total chapters, right? Like Oda, I, think,
1: I think they're underestimating it slightly,
0: but we'll save that until
1: until we're kind of
0: Underestimating? Are you saying 2,500? Are you saying like 1,500? Right, I mean, I think
1: they're like I, underestimating like how far into the story we are.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, if I'm right, I'm not surprised in the sense that Oda has like 1,500 chapters planned, where it's like once they get to the Raftel, and then maybe the last third saga that I mentioned is like shorter. Than what i would think like maybe it's like 300 200 chapters right maybe like saying like 1300 right, is right, raftel right. that's
1: kind of what, what i'm feeling that the, there is going to be it's not just going to end at, at raftel right that seems pretty clear yeah. there has to be like a a third act kind mm-hmm. of following that but i could yeah. see that being like 100 to 200 chapters at, at most
0: yeah and there's another possibility that to try and tie in with the theory is let's say the one piece is at raftel and they have unlimited riches right or you know whatever they find there they use that newfound power that newfound wealth to you know have that extended epilogue of them sailing to the other spots filling in the void maybe revisiting old friends along the way finding these or even new islands to just you know plug into pieces of history to go with robin Again, that's, like, the best case scenario where, like, things are nice and happy and dandy. But, of course, it's Oda's not going to have us have 200 chapters of just, like, oh, just fun, silly adventures. No, 100%. No, there's going to be some shit. (laughs) Yeah. So, either way, that's my prediction where Raftel is going to be the end of the second saga. And then the third saga, probably a lot shorter, if not just a little shorter. That will be that second voyage after Raftel. Because, after all, why does One Piece have to... the Sorry, the story, the manga series of One Piece, have to all take place in the Grand Line? Why not the North Blue? The South Blue? The West Blue? They can explore those places, too, the fill in the void in history, right? Not everything has to take place in the Grand Line. It's a big world. It's a yeah. big planet. Or I'm thinking like a marketing producer and be like, Dude, Oda, more content, please. More site spinoff series, please. You need more. <laughs> so... Either way, this potential for this series to go on and on and on with just from this little conversation that Inu has with the straw hats. Again, it's an exposition dump, but boy, did it get my brain going of just like, Oh, the possibilities, man. <sighs> so that was, those are the poneglyphs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Odin. So that, it's, that's nice. At least I will say that it gives us
1: more of uh, an official end goal, right? Like, once yeah. we've collected these things, then we're on our way to Raftel.
0: Exactly. It feels so much closer because they have one of the four right. pieces of five. Sorry, if those was not wondering, it's a reference to Pirates of the Caribbean that I'm making, where you have four pieces of five. You find four pieces. And they said well,
1: one we know that Big Mom has, right, and one yeah. Kaido
0: has. Big Mom has, Kaido, and then the mystery. But you find the four pieces, and you get the fifth piece. That fifth piece is just Raftel. Um, and I think
1: we also know that the, the fourth one used to be on Fishman Island, right?
0: Okay, that was my question, actually. Thank you for that was me. I think it reminded me, was... That
1: was the red one, I'm pretty sure.
0: Okay, so that was going to be my question. Somehow. Because, yeah, so that was my question. No, it brought up now, because we know of now of the red Poneglyphs. Uh, I was going to ask you, but you reminded me, thank you, but you answered that just now. What color was the Poneglyph Jimbe found? <laughs> was that red? <laughs> Good question. And you said yes, right? You just now?
1: No, no, hard to tell. Oh yeah, okay. Well, then the one that he manga... found, but we know that the fourth red one used to be on Fishman Island, but then they said it right
0: lost somehow. Okay, yeah, okay. So yeah, so that was my question because in the manga it's obviously black and white, so you can't. It's see hard the to tell if
1: it was red or not. And I don't think the and
0: I don't think the anime does the pre chapters, or at least if they do, they can dedicate whole episodes rather than like just little flashes and pieces like this. Um, I have no idea. So anyway, so that fourth one's still a mystery. It Used to be at Fishman Island. So for all we know, it's at the bottom of the ocean because those fuckers are heavy. Um, Oden used to sail with Goldie Roger. Makes him automatically a pretty cool dude. Pretty hardcore. <laughs>
1: facts, um,
0: facts. We, we also find out the Kazuki clan. The, sorry, the Kazuki clan. uh, They fucking made the Poneglyphs. Like all the years ago. that 800, years ago.
1: Yep. That is they, uh,
0: crazy. Big fucking deal. So That's it's crazy, a, yeah. No other way to say it. It's a clan of ancient stonemasons, and unfortunately, the secret to translations within the family was lost to Odin. He didn't pass it on to Momonosuke because you know he's too young, and because he was, I think, boiled alive by Kaido. Because what were his last words? I was made to boil. When I was boor- yeah yeah I was, born to I was made to boil. I'm just like which Ugh. okay there's
1: a, there is a joke in that is that his name is Odin which is also a type of soup. Oh, God
0: damn it! So <laughs> Come probably, on. Why did it turn a dark joke into a... Yeah, <laughs> a very dark, dark <laughs> right? A dark moment into a joke. Um, but yeah, so my next question then is, why did Kaido kill... Because uh, it says Kaido and the Shogun, right? Which is basically the, the main uh, military or medieval leader of old Japan is the Shogun. That was usually like the highest rank back then. With the Daimyos being like their feud, like the feudal lords or the dukes right. beneath them. Yeah. So why would the Shogun and the Kaido commit an act? Cause by the, because the way this is presented made it seem like they intentionally killed Odin because he knew, according to uh, Kimimon, he knew a secret of the world. And on top of that, he knew how to translate the Poneglyphs. So why is Kaido and the Shogun doing what the world government's trying to do? That's my question, because I thought the Emperors were separate. But it could be the way it's presented that's making me think of that. In reality, it's probably some other entire reason.
1: Yeah, I don't... I didn't pick that up at all, to be totally okay. honest with you. But that's okay. the reason that they killed them, just that they did.
0: Yeah, because for all I know, that secret of the world is not exactly what I'm thinking. Because I'm thinking, like, oh, again, something that could uh, disrupt the Celestial Dragons or something. But in reality, it could be something similar. It could just be something as simple as... Kaido thought Odin would be the man to kill him because he's a hardcore dude. He started with Goldie Roger, and then Odin was like, "No," and then Kaido got mad. That could be as simple as that, for all I know. Yeah, these emperors are quite crazy, except for Shanks. He seems pretty cool, but um, yeah. Yeah, so... we,
1: we're going to see that. We're getting into it pretty soon. <laughs> you know, we're Absolutely. on our way to Whole Cake Island, Emperor Territory.
0: Um, and apparently, um, the the way they also imply it too, because again, like. The, the reason why I also thought about Kaido being, for some reason, doing that was because after that line was said, um, I think it was Nami or Robin who remembered. And it was like, oh, it's something about the world, right? A secret of the world, that void in history. And they thought of oh, Rayleigh. Really? They thought back to what he said, going like, yeah, we know a secret, but if we tell you, then it'll skew your perception. So that's why I was thinking, like, so why is Kaido doing, like, a censoring, like, mission for the world government? It doesn't make sense. But that's why, that was my, that's why my thought process was like that. Um, also, a key thing for the Wano arc in the future is the objective is to open Wano's borders. Those were his, That was his last command. We don't know why, but I would assume if you open the borders, then allies can get in, citizens can get out. I don't know. That's probably like a ba- very, very basic thing, yeah, and it's probably but something that is else entirely.
1: Factually true. <laughs> yeah,
0: because the way that Wano is right now is that it's a very similar to medieval Japan in real life, where yeah, they were very isolationist. They didn't uh, welcome outsiders very often. So, who the fuck knows? Holy shit! This whole mo- this whole bit was just so interesting and fun. Um, oh. A very small detail. I think this is the the biggest smile we've ever seen from Robin, because uh, I think it was Neku who was asking, like, you know, if you do this, Robin, you're gonna have this huge, even bigger target on your back. And then she was just so happy and proud, going, "No, I'm I'm quite I'm quite confident that Straw Hats will keep me company and safe." And I'm just like, "That's a great moment." Yeah, and I'm just like Robin, genuinely happy, huh? (laughs) But like in a touching way, not like in a joking way. I'm just like, oh. And she's so happy. And then, of course, all the Straw Hats felt all, like, all, like, proud about it, too. Um, but, yeah, like, this whole moment was absolutely incredible. And I loved every single second of it. And we're not even done. Like, that's the juiciest part to me, right? The the setup yeah, yeah, of yeah. the future and the Sanji bit. But we're not even done. Because Jack the Drought survives his ordeal with Doflamingo. It's not revealed if he succeeded in his mission. I don't think they were clear on that. Like they they were saying that Jack died, and the world government said that everything's fine and dandy. But you know, it's the media. After last arc, the media is incredibly unreliable. Um, so for all we know, he succeeded. Uh, but until then, we'll assume that he didn't. Uh, Jack the Drought returns to Zenisha and they go, "Oh, we're gonna go back and climb back all the way back up there." And he goes, "No, we're just gonna kill the elephant, have the cannon, because he has like five, four ships with him, like a small fleet." And goes, aim for the kneecaps. And I'm just like, oh, this motherfucker. That <laughs> it, is brutal. It, that is cruel. Like, anytime you just have no problem attacking animals. Again, this is why I, I love just the cruelty of Doflamingo, too, where he just shot uh, Moosey, no big deal. And I'm just like, this motherfucker. And then he goes for the kneecaps of this giant, majestic kaiju. And then we get a a huge surprise, too. We hear... Zunisha talk to Momonosuke, and Luffy can hear it too. And I'm getting huge fucking flashbacks to Fishman Island when this seems (laughs) seems like this has happened very recently. Very recently, well, at least to us, very recently, probably to the readers, probably, you know, a couple years. But
1: when we were first reading it, it was like, oh, we've completely forgotten about Fishman Island by this point. (laughs) But (laughs) it's straight, it's a lot longer.
0: Yeah, exactly, but um, but the way that it's done is because no one's hearing anything, but Momonosuke and Luffy are both like trying to cover their ears, going, "Oh my god, that's so fucking loud!" So I'm imagining this loud, like vibrating voice going, "Please, I beg you, I cannot do anything because I have been commanded to just walk, but if you command me, I can save us all." Please. Then I'm fuck you, shit. And then Momonosuke just g- gut instinct goes. I give you permission, save us. And then in one word, it goes, understood. Giant ass tr- uh, trunk so far away that when Jack's looking at it, it's like in the distance. So it's not like fully lined in. I love that detail. Like the shadows were like kind of going away because it's so far, but it's so massive. He's, you see his freak out reaction. It's point blank, like the moment before impact. The this next is panel. when he
1: knew He yeah, <laughs> Exactly This is when he knew It's he like the freeze frame on that exactly. moment, you know? Like, Let me tell you how I got to this point
0: Yeah exactly and then the next Panel is just a wave And all five ships in Or four ships sorry in pieces Upside down in the air One shotted by this Giant kaiju and immediately I'm going does this fucking Mean Momonosuke is Uranus or Pluto Pluton because Pluton, we thought, was the god of the Earth, right? Or the Underworld, basically. But that's a weapon. Right. Pluton is, and Pluton is essentially Hades. Yeah. And then Uranus is supposed to be the god of the sky, but the elephant is not like a sky animal. It's, you know, of the Sahara. It's a, it's, a, it's a majestic land creature. Four legs, mm. big trunk. Cute animal. Yeah. Love it. So well um, that makes <laughs> sense because like Pluton is also remember I think we said this already, he's also kind of like the
1: god of the earth sometimes because it's like uh yeah. he's like underground. That's where bounty comes from, where you grow plants and stuff.
0: Yeah, what we agreed to is that it's mineral wealth, which could mean like, yeah, if Pluton was a manufactured weapon, which again we thought it was because we had blueprints for it, then I I really want to know what was on those blueprints. <laughs> exactly. Was
1: that the real Because I remember I think Was we talked about this as well. There's some kind of perception about whether or not those were blueprints for Pluton or a weapon to combat Pluton. Exactly, exactly. It's so unclear. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's like some kind of way like to just like, like some kind of like wave. Like if, if that theory is true, right? And it's a weapon to counter and it's a, li- it's a counter to the living weapon Pluton. Then it's like, oh, this is just a very loud like screeching device that you can aim it so that they can't command. Right. Because they're so much in pain. Or something like that. I don't know, but yeah. So I'm thinking if those blueprints were the counter to Pluton and not the actual blueprints to Pluton, then Momonosuke is Pluton. We haven't got confirmation. I can see that? Yeah. yeah, we haven't. We don't. The, we don't have. Basically, like if you
1: can control Zunisha, that that's an insane power. That you, I think, yeah,
0: you are. An I think weapon. that's
1: warrantable. That could destroy an island in in one shot, one step, right?
0: Yeah, you can destroy That's ancient weapon armies. levels of power, yeah, from Zunisha. You, you can destroy armies, civilizations, islands with a like controlled combat Zunisha. And then Chopper points out too, right, the deeper the deeper interests of Zunisha is who commanded it in the past to tell him to walk constantly to a location and where is that location? Right? Chopper asked that question so I'm just like, where is that location? Where is it walking to? Is
1: it walking to... I know, it's so much tantalizing information in this. Oh, yes, yeah, So
0: arc. much. Absolutely so much. Um, Oh, we kind of did brief o- briefly go over this, but uh, it's kind of an extension of what happened at the end of last arc, 2. The alliance gets bigger. Uh, at this point, we have... What do they call it? They called it the... Ninja the, Pirate Ming Samurai Alliance. You know that. Mm. You knew that way too quickly. <laughs> yeah. It's important. It's a very important, important <laughs> alliance. Uh, but yeah, they all agreed. Uh, Luffy was kind of like iffy about it at first because he wanted to hear it from or Momonosuke. Momonosuke, though, was, you know, did a moment where he actually, you know, even though he was full of emotion, did ask Swallow's Pride and ask Luffy for help. Can you help me save my clan? You know, save my country. And then Luffy finally decides to go in. Of course, Law being like the, the Sudendari over there going, that's not how it goes, Babaka! You can't just do that! You can't just throw me <laughs> in these alliances! But he seems to be fine with it regardless because Luffy reminds like, you know, Law's telling him, like, remember, we're gonna get fucking attacked by Kaido. And Luffy goes, yeah, but we'll get more allies this way, more friends. And Law, I think, honestly, like, Luffy kind of reminds him, he's like, yeah, isn't that what you said we were allying for? Yeah. And he's like, hey, you're right. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're gonna go co- Kaido. But, of course, the whole time Law is, like, the super serious character of One Piece, because whenever Luffy goes, we're allies, therefore we're friends, and Law always goes, no, it does not yes. mean friends. You and I are not friends. I hate you. <laughs> I can't stand He's you. just putting on a
1: show at this point. Let's, come on.
0: Honestly, honestly at this point, I just love the chemistry they have. Because, again, every time yeah. Luffy goes, we're the best of friends, I'm just thinking, like, Goku and Vegeta from, uh... Oh, Dragon Ball Z, a bridge. Yeah, yeah Dragon Ball bridge. Where Goku <laughs> goes, hey Vegeta, we're best yeah. buddies, right? Fuck off, the best. <laughs> um,
1: that really is like the dynamic between them,
0: though. Oh, absolutely. That's why I love it. Um, so that's why. Oh, but Law's not going with them for this arc, isn't he? He's not, huh? He's going to Wano with uh the others. Correct. Right? Yeah. God he's going damn to it, Wano, where Kaido is, and we're yeah. going
1: to so- get Sanji on whole cake.
0: Yeah, so I know Law is not with the Straw Hats, but I, again, I really did like that dynamic. I, it's probably because of that tag team combo they had. But hey, two, we, we, we lost. Close.
1: We were losing what Law, Kinamon, and Conjuro, but we picked up Karen and Pedro.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Pedro was part of the, the the Musketeers, right? Is that who he was? One of the Guardians?
1: Yes. Yeah, Guardians.
0: I'm just so happy Oda did not call them Meowsketeers. I'm so happy he was. Only I, one. I am
1: also inc- very happy and pleased with this decision.
0: Yeah, cause I know he's very simple with his naming, but he's also not low enough to do horrible, horrible puns like that. Cause they've been done to death. Cat puns. Sorry. Me. Oh, Get I, I thought he was.
1: I thought he was gonna do it. I really <laughs> uh,
0: did. Yeah, the fucking Tears. But yeah, Pedro joins up. Um, Carrot joins up. Uh, but she does it by stowing away. Right? It wasn't. She didn't like volunteer for it. Surprisingly, or, yeah, not, she wasn't,
1: like, sent, was like, he was a really strong, like, person to help you. Like, no, she snuck on the ship, because she's like, I'm out. She wants to go on an adventure, basically. Ad- adventure! Later, bitches!
0: And, yeah. So, I was actually surprised it wasn't Wanda, because, uh, again, like, the, she had, like, the, like, she was, like, the tour guide kind of mentality for the first half of the arc. And then also, like there was also the possibility of all these jokes because she has, like, the exact same body type as Nami because they traded clothes. And so she can wear Nami's bra, and I'm just like, is no one gonna comment on that? Like, like Usopp mentioned that, hey, she's wearing Nami's clothes, but there's not gonna be any jokes later on of, like, people mis- mistaking the two or whatever in the future? I don't know. But, again, like, instead we get Carrot, I'm just like, I don't know what to think of Carrot. Like, she has, like I said, like, a weird behavior of just, like, obsession with carrots because she's a rabbit. And... She nibbles Which on the I, I want to make this...
1: We'll call this a PSA. That's not a thing. It's not, no. That is not a part of a... A, a, carrot, a carrot is not a part of a rabbit's normal diet.
0: No. That is a fabrication
1: <laughs> popularized by Bugs Bunny. End of PSA.
0: <laughs> and you know what? Bugs Bunny is awesome enough for him. You know what? If he wants to eat carrots, go right on ahead, dude. It's, it's
1: like candy. Like, if you have a bunny, you give him carrots, but not all the time. Right? Exactly. It's
0: like a treat. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> Well, that could still work in this case, then.
1: And you I can guess say, it, it actually does when you think about it. In this when case, you say it like sense. that, yeah. <laughs> like, you yeah. Know what the, the, it's actually
0: more appropriate here. Yeah, then she just likes her sweets. Her veggie sweets. That's fine. Because um, she's kind
1: of like Chopper, honestly, and he's a sweet eater, too, so...
0: Although he likes cotton candy. Because
1: I, I guess, like, the way <laughs> it was... Straight she, up. <laughs> she kind of <laughs> has the little little sister vibe, you know? In the same way Chopper has the little brother vibe.
0: I guess. Again, I, again I'm not sure what to think of Rabbit, because we've seen so little of her so far. Um Oh, we got exactly what I wanted. Um, You mentioned this, too, in Dressrosa, where Dressrosa, we had Luffy, and then we also had Soro, Frankie, Robin, Usopp, right? We had one half of the crew for the majority of that arc. This time, it's very clear those guys, except for Luffy, are going to be waiting in the next arc. They are literally going with the It's, it's crew. a switch
1: around. Okay, you guys go ahead to Wano. Yeah, and then we the get that. The rest of us are going to get get the
0: And then we get the panel that solidifies it, and like, yeah, here's Luffy, with Nami, with Brooke, with Chopper, with the other guys, including Peckhams, and we're going to get Sanji. Peckhams,
1: that's the third replacement. So we got Peckhams, Carrot, and Pedro.
0: Yeah, so, actually remind me, Peckhams is going with them because he's still thankful for what they did with Zhao, right? He's still, like, he's still loyal to Big Mom, though, because he was saying- Yeah, he's gonna, like, I guess he's gonna-
1: help because he is a big mom pirate he could probably he you know maybe at least get him close get him on the island
0: Yeah, be like all
1: right now i, I don't know you him out
0: he might be similar to um i forgot his name in baratte there was uh the guy that sanji Geem? helped the guy that sanji helped he fed him yeah yeah gim gim okay so he could be like that where he's like no i'm going to help you where i can but when i have to do my job and betray you or hold you gun I gun at you, I'm gonna do that, right? Right. So, he could be like that, but still be thankful, so he would ultimately won't be able to pull the trigger, so to speak. Maybe. But he seems to be a friendlier, so who knows. Nami gets an upgraded climb attack, so... I swear to God, if we get another disappointing action scene, there's no excuse. <laughs> Oda just can't right. write an action scene with Nami. Uh, but they, again, teased it ahead of time, rather than in a flashback, where it's like, this will give you more mobility, this will get- make it more quicker. So hopefully this means we'll actually get something unique i still think the best way to show off her fighting way is to make her a support where it's like a 2v2 or a 2v1 and then she's supporting someone else fighting in the front because she needs yeah. time to set up right she needs time to set up the clouds to adjust the temperature so she can get that perfect mm-hmm. lightning strike i still think uh-huh. that's the best way to do her fighting to be honest Yeah, if she's fighting
1: she, she hasn't had a good fight in like how long
0: ever <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, I love uh, Nami. So Eight hundred
1: chapters. <laughs> so yeah, yeah no, basically.
0: So I'll be honest. I love Nami, but action is not her strong suite. For some reason, what's her or... her
1: best fight was like probably any his lobby, and that was still And, kinda and, and
0: that's still like that was the one we were critical on still in our episode. And unfortunately,
1: we were... that is that says a lot.
0: That says a lot. Yeah, yeah. The Alabasta fight was kind of funny, but it wear off his welcome really fast. Because I'm just like it's. It's, like, disrupting the pacing a little bit, because Alabasta's amazing pacing, but that part was a, just abruptly a little yeah. slower. And then, like you said, Eni's Lobby were disappointing, again, because the whole they could have done something with Sanji, they didn't do it there, which we might get next arc, I'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, but we
1: still got a couple more interesting tidbits of
0: information that we learn here in this wrap-up yes! of closing okay. chapters. This is the other... Uh, okay, I keep saying this is the last big thing. Okay, this is another big thing, and I yeah, think right, it's the last it's big, a
1: big thing. More.
0: So, I have a big theory about this. A big uh theory going into this. It's a little smaller than what I said about the OMPs as a whole. Where the reverie is near, right? We've been teased over and over again, right? But it's finally fucking happening. And we get to see a collage of characters we've seen in the past again, but they're all getting ready to go. Right? We see Dalton with Kira. We see Wapo going. Uh, that motherfucker. <laughs> we see. Oh, wow. um, we see uh, some very friendly people from the Goa Kingdom. Very friendly to their servants. Uh, fuck them. And we also Stary. see Shira.
1: Oh my God! I hate. I hate him so much
0: I don't even remember their names I just called them I just wrote down Goa Kingdom cunts God damn it You know <laughs> who
1: he is though Sabo Sabo's Like adopted mm-hmm. Rather scary Piece of shit mm-hmm. The king they of Goa Kingdom now
0: They don't <laughs> show his face But I'm just like Oh that's going With that same punchable face As before Oh boy uh, We see Riku Mancherry With Rebecca And King Punch I think he's like Elizabeth I forget his actual name Um, I just call him King Punch Elizabeth Yeah He's just he's just from Mike Tyson's punch out. <laughs> he's just, that's just him. He's just one of the spiders. Um we also see uh Shirahoshi right from Fishman Island. That was very unique. They finally get to, to present their petitions, their treaty form uh at the Reverie. That was their that was their whole goal. But the big thing I want to brought up is the first thing they brought up because it's the one that has the most attention. This has a couple of pages. It's Vivi with her dad Cobra and everyone from Alabasta. And it's the way they present it, where Vivi is like, Oh, it's so great to be on the open seas. Cobra is getting, he's not feeling well. They have the joke of like, Uh, Vivi, you should really settle down. I have all these potential husbands for you. And she goes, No. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, Holy shit, there's two possibilities, right? Because obviously, we got all we mentioned it before. That they're showing a lot of Vivi in these pre-chapters. A lot yes. of Vivi. Much more than any other character or location throughout these uh, throughout this uh, sense of time skip, right? So Vivi is going to play an incredible, incredibly important role in... I still think the Great Incident is going to involve the Reverie. Something's going to happen to the Reverie. She's going to play a big role in that.
1: Or... The Great Incident that the the Grand the, Fleet ends up involved in?
0: Possibly, yeah. Like, they get roped in somehow. Okay, um yeah. this was yeah teased at the end of Dress Rosa the great incident or and or Vivi is the 11th member of the Straw Hats she will eventually join the crew they they're giving her a lot of attention a lot of spotlight so at the very least we're going to have her why back as a sport both, character. Jacob why not Wh- both? Why not both? Right? That's why I said and or. So I wouldn't mind at this point because it's like well again Vivi had a kind of a a weird introduction compared to everyone else but the way that presents me I'm just like you know what Vivi might be a, an interesting 11th member maybe and after all it's been a time skip maybe her character has changed matured hardened more friendly Is at know. any point
1: during this arc could you consider anyone joining like maybe Wanda or
0: um Pedro definitely not none of these characters I don't think so um Okay. okay. not Rizo. not definitely not Wanda um Definitely not care. Again, I don't think so, because the way they're presented just seems like side characters. But, again, ever since the Grand Alliance, for sure, now I'm thinking, okay, so Straw Hats or Alliance members, right? Like, Right. So, in the past, it was always just friendlies or allies, kind of like Kira back at Drum Island kind of thing, or Dalton. But they're not going to be in the Straw Hat crew. But now, at this point, it's like, okay, but now there's three categories. It's Straw Hats, Alliance, Fleet. Or friends. So yeah. there's a possibility that all the minks, right? They're a part of the alliance, right? But specifically these characters, I don't think any of them are going to be in the Straw Hats. I don't think so, personally. Okay. I still okay. I still think Jimbei is going to be in the crew. I still think he will hold his word to that. So he's number 10. And because of that, what Luffy said, and because of the article's batshit crazy insane uh, theory train I went on last episode, uh, there will be for sure be 11 members in total, including Luffy. So, is number 10, and I think Vivi might be the late number 11. Because, after all, she's an unraised straw hat. At the very least, if I'm wrong about that, she will, I think, definitely be a part of the Alliance fleet, right? 100%, yeah. Yeah, so, because they're hinting that Cobra might kick the bucket pretty soon. So, maybe she becomes, you know, the Queen of Alabasta, and then she affirms her role as a ruling queen. We are devoting our support. To this fleet, and I know you guys know these guys, because they helped your king, they helped our kingdom get back into, uh, back into order. They don't know that, obviously, but she's going to do her damnedest to try and rectify that, right? Yeah. So, and there's also a fact, too, I asked you this actually last night, or two nights ago, I forget which, that the VV's family, they were formerly Celestial Dragons, right? At some point.
1: Uh yes, in I think, the past like, they would have been classified.
0: Okay, so as yeah, I want so I wanted to verify that. So well, okay, this... so let's be clear: we
1: don't really know, like, right at what point they mystery. started being referred to as celestial dragons or etc. Like the descendants of the twenty kings.
0: Yeah, but they were a so part I don't of. Fit... The... Sorry, what Wait, was that? Did you? What were you okay. saying? Okay, I was going to say because we know that they were a part of like the twenty families, the twenty kingdoms that fought for the world of government in the Void in history, but they didn't stick around long enough to be officially titled Celestial Dragons. They left after that.
1: That's my impression, right? So they are, yeah. but they're not, you know? Yeah. Like, they could have been, I guess, is is way I would say
0: Yeah, and instead they got, like, the Don Kisos instead, or some other family that are just like, eh, we need 20. We don't want 19. Uh, you guys will do. you help us out. They just uproot another, fam- another noble family that was kind of, like, around them on the side. Um, Yeah, so I think that could also be, play a big part, too, The her influence, her power. Because, again, her kingdom has that poneglyph, right? The How to create the counter to the Pluton, or the Pluton itself. So, there's still that. Not to mention there's all the people there who were in that... How large was that rebel army? Was it, like, almost a million man army in Alabasta? Oh. I forget how large... A couple hundred thousand strong, I think, right? It was a huge army. They said a big number. Maybe I'm mixing up with Fishman Island. Maybe it was
1: one hundred thousand.
0: 100,000, maybe. Either way, yeah, that's a lot of land troops, for sure. I'm just saying, that's a great way to bolster your numbers in your alliance, (laughs) if you get the entire kingdom to help you out. But of course, if Oda is good with his knowledge of his in-world politics, then he knows it would never be that easy. Probably like some people from within of Alabasta trying to prevent that from happening. So Vivi might have some issues. And that could be the reason for her to join the Straw Hats, because maybe someone from within kicked her out of the you know, of the ruling, uh, the ruling position. So she's like, "I got nothing. I can't do any good back there. Let me help you guys directly here." That could also be a possibility too. So either way, let's see what Oda has planned us for the Reverie and for Vivi. Um, yeah, we mentioned, yeah, we met, we mentioned the HQ being destroyed by the Revolutionary Army. The
1: only other thing I think is Kaido. We get to see how,
0: <laughs> how that went for a kid and friends. <laughs> right. So he's a Boy, drunk. He's not well. Yeah. Uh, he's a drunk, an alcoholic, which kind of ties into the whole thing of like him wanting to. I still don't think he's depressed. I think he's just wanting to find a worthy challenger, but that is also just putting him down all the time. So he's like a heavy drinker. Yeah.
1: Right now, maybe it's like a like a one punch man esque.
0: Yeah. Of. You're ap- Okay. It's apathetic. He's too strong
1: and he really wants a a good fight, but no one is strong enough to give it to him.
0: Yeah, I think the term is apathetic, where it's not that you're completely down, it's more like you're lacking motivation.
1: But at the same
0: time, we got confirmation at the end of last arc that he wants to wage a war because he's so pissed off that he's not getting the smile anymore. Yeah, his
1: motivations are confusing, I guess, because
0: he really just wanted to die, like, go pick a fight with
1: Big Mom. That's a good bet, right? Mm-hmm. My, that, your, that's your best shot like why aren't you doing that if you really want to die
0: yeah Uh. regardless I'm very interested with Kaido because he does seem like we're talking about vikings here and he does the, he's like the closest we get to like a hun or a viking where he's got like all the fur pelts and everything and he's got like the you know he has like the alcoholic behavior with him but then he goes like ah oh, you know what it's actually no big deal it's fine the alliance is probably no big deal like after all the last alliance I try to get you know a little uh, ambitious with an, uh, hunting an emperor uh, it didn't turn out so well for them. And then we just see Kid mm-hmm.
1: completely He's defeated. Like, ah, like these, these goddamn supernovas
0: can't get out of my frickin' hair. What happened to the other rookies that were there? Because we just see Kid. We don't see the others.
1: No, we saw Apu as well, but Pooh was on Kaido's side.
0: He right. Was he was the one that Apu reported. Apu betrayed them, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Apu, yeah, that's right, because Pooh was the one that was there. And,
1: yeah, we saw Kid, so I, I guess we can assume that Hawkins either also in jail or he also defective.
0: Mm-hmm. but again they're pirates it's not surprising that they would uh, yeah, with someone he might, who's just, much he might stronger. have bailed you know they yeah. might
1: have escaped in the fight
0: go with the one who's stronger get more loot that way and survive Um, <laughs> and Oda's actually really good at this the way that this arc closes out is Luffy struggling to cook and he wastes all their food on one bowl of like what do you call it curry and yeah it's just, that's
1: what he called it
0: it looked like It looked like the shit that Spongebob made in that Horrible Breath episode, where he just has the bowl of, like, ketchup and everything mashed together, and everyone's dying when
1: they eat it. You know know what it it really reminds me of? What's up? Uh, You remember that? This is such such an obscure, strange reference. That old Disney movie, Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. I do not know that movie, no, I'm sorry. He made a disgusting looking purple goop in that, and that's basically exactly what I imagined this mm, looking like. But okay. it was you know, in the movie it was supposed to be delicious, and in this it's clearly not.
0: In the movie it was supposed to be delicious? Ew. Yeah, <laughs> was like doesn't... Why does it look so bad but tastes so good,
1: right? That was the it, thing, whatever.
0: But uh, whatever. <laughs> the color purple is great, but for food, it it varies. <laughs> it varies. Um but yeah, so we get to see Luffy waste all their food, so they might end up going to the next arc completely malnourished, and might—who knows? It might actually be an important plot point, kind of like the beginning of Fishman Island, where Sanji almost died from blood loss. Um, and then we actually end end the arc with Sanji, you know, arriving to Whole Cake Island. Um, they're kind of teasing him a little bit, and then he he's acting rebellious, right? Where he's like, "I will never, rep- I will never comply." With whatever you guys have to say to me. And then he meets his bride to be, and he's just like, he's done. He's dead. He's defeated. I'm sorry. She's I'm a stunner, basically. He's a cutie. <laughs> <laughs> and I texted you this too, where I'm like, of course Sanji's like perfect woman, because the way he like he reacts to her just looking at her is like Looney Tunes, like Usopp levels of reaction. Like his eyes and tongue are completely shot out. They're heart shaped. He's missing nosebleeds, but it's more like I guess surprised. Of how great she looks. Because she's, she's she's sparkling. She's like that perfect look. But she also has like the pigtails. The big eyes. The big lips. The big booba. So I'm like, of course the kawaii cute type would be his dream type. Because he's like, oh, I'm the damsel. Please save me, my white knight. And I'm just like, of course that would be the type for him. Of course. But because she's related to Big Mom in the Charlotte family, I like to think that she's actually... I could be completely wrong about this, but I like to think that she's actually probably what I thought Violet would be in the last arc, right? Using your your looks or your charm, and then in actuality, you're like a heartless, cruel motherfucker. So, maybe she's like that. Who knows? Big Mom, for sure, likely is, but that's not a surprise. But we'll see. I like to be surprised. I think that wraps it up, right? I think so. <sighs> what a fun... I know it's a slower arc, but it had all the information for me to be just like fucking excited and wanting us to wrap this episode up because I want to keep reading. Damn it! Yeah, it's like it's it's not like my favorite arc, obviously, right? But it is like all the
1: information we get in inside of it is incredibly interesting. I think that makes it notable and noteworthy. It does its we, job. We said it before, like off screen. Still better than Punk Hazard, basically, right? Oh,
0: absolutely. That's the, I, the bar now. Yeah. So. I think I said it before, but I'll say it again. As each arc is going on, the past arcs that I've like felt meh about, like Little Garden or Sarah Village, they don't feel worse and worse as we're getting on and on better quality arcs, because that feels like natural progression Our Oda being better and better at what he's doing. And on top of that, like they did their job, I just personally didn't like it. Punk Hazard feels like it's getting worse and worse as each like set of chapters I'm reading through go through because I still feel like Punk Hazard really failed at its job of setting up for the next arc but it had potential to be really good it just Oda just wasn't on his A game for that arc but I also feel a little little like that with Dressrosa as well not nearly as strong though because especially after you pointed out like a lot of the flaws that Doflamingo had in the second half of the arc and the whole point of the birdcage I'm like yeah the arc definitely wasn't is not a 10 out of 10 that i felt on the first time through so i feel that when i reread in the future dress rosa will not be for me that's a personal
1: like the whole birdcage issue is it's personal you know
0: yeah but i also agreed with all your terms that you weren't wrong at all so i feel like when i reread it i will see those flaws a lot more strongly so it won't be like a top three for me but like maybe like a top 10 still because i still love doflamingo doflamingo is great it's just his powers are bullshit uh, as a whole yeah, just his powers are bullshit. Everything else about Doflamingo, I still love. It's just the power part. It's just the action part. <laughs> it goes too far with that. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm guessing the next arc is Whole Cake Island. It is indeed.
1: Yes! And covers chapters 825 all the way to 902. Nice. 78 chapters. Another and meaty one. Another and- whopper.
0: Oh, yeah. Are we going to... Okay, we have to control ourselves and not make a lot of food like, expressions or jokes next episode.
1: Give it. Whopper.
0: Yeah, that's why I brought it up, you motherfucker. <laughs> I will not have you <laughs> ride us into the dirt with your food jokes, goddammit, because I feel like we're going to get a lot of that regardless in the next arc. I feel like yeah, we are going to get Some that.
1: of them are just going to be too low-hanging for for me to ignore. So.
0: Shut up with your low-hanging puns, fucking <laughs> low-hanging fruit. <laughs> oh, where can I find you, Justin, with your horrible puns?
1: If you want more terrible food puns, you can find me on Twitter at Jitsu, J-I-T-S-Z-U. Hit me up for all the One Piece stuff. I post One Piece memes and just talk about One Piece or if you have
0: anything, you want to ask Jacob with, you know, it by me so we can make sure there's no spoilers. Yeah. And if you want to find me uh, and not with food puns, I swear to God, I will block you if you come to me with food puns. Uh, <laughs> where I'm also posting like reactions going through an arc. Um, We're getting some people interacting as well, getting some community members interacting as well. You can find me at Jacob Miranda on Twitter. That is J-A-C-O-B-M-E-R-E-N-D-A. All lowercase, all one word. Um, People share your thoughts and opinions as you went through the arcs the first time or maybe reactions to going on. Any even questions like the last episode we had someone recommend uh, I watch a a specific scene from the anime and then you help me out with that one. And or if you have possible (laughs) Like historical, like what it was. Like, hey, is there anything deeper with uh, this character? And I end up finding a picture of another character finding a polar bear. You can <laughs> ask me about that too, because I never knew that painting existed, and now I love that painting. You can find me on Twitter for that. I think that. And think if done. you
1: would leave us a five star review on iTunes, if you have the time and are so inclined, that really helps us out, and we'd be very much appreciated.
0: Hmm. Not even for, like, success reasons, but more like just selfish reasons. That testosterone rush. Mmm, so good. Me. Oh, <laughs> uh, people like me. You mean us? No, me. <laughs> but yeah, please leave us a review. We keep a comments, uh, criticisms, anything uh, you might have. Any feedback is appreciated. And we hope you all
1: join us again next week when we discuss A Whole Cake Island. Again, which starts at 825 and ends at 902. See you then. Later! <laughs>